welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me today is Sir Wade Winsett. <laughs> no. <laughs> as, as far as people are concerned, my name is Court. Hello, Katie. How are you today? And we've got Nicole back. I'm back. It's me again. Surprise. Brittany's back. <laughs> okay, so this episode is called Ticketmaster Trouble. Dun, dun, dun. Because if you have not bought concert tickets recently, then you do not really know what we're talking about. But you may have heard a lot of conversation around Ticketmaster and artists being upset with them and also people being upset because for the most part, it is no longer uh, buying tickets where you go onto a website and you pick the tickets and can purchase them whenever. Like there always was kind of pre-sales and things like that. And there were some insider clubs like I know Dave Matthews Band for forever has been huge on like their warehouse group and they would get early access and like preference to like VIP tickets and things like that. They were about the only ones I really knew for a while that were doing something that serious. And now it's like everybody, you've got to be a, a member, a VIP. Oh, a- yeah, I'm a Green Day member so that I get the emails when they announce their tour dates and so forth. I mean, Taylor Swift has been a big buzz and I didn't even realize it. I was like, oh, well, I want to go to Taylor Swift concert. And I'm like, oh, wait, you have to be on a list. You have to get an invite. You, I mean, what is this? I just, I got the money. I want a ticket. Why can't I get a ticket? You have to be a certified Swifty. Welcome to the club. I mean, as Zach Bryan, I just had to buy tickets for that recently. And now that one was easier. I just signed up a couple of days beforehand and then was emailed a code. But then I had to sit there and you have to wait. Yeah. There's a lot to talk about this, but let's get into our list first. And then we will get into Ticketmaster troubles and all kinds of drama that goes with that and the financial impact on it. Because hello, we have financial podcast. Mm. So, Nicole, the list. The top 10 highest grossing tours of all time. Big names in this list. Mm-hmm. Number one, or I guess I should say number 10 on the list, is Roger Waters' The Wall Tour. It made $459 million with 219 shows. Wow. Next on the list is Coldplay, A Head Full of Dreams Tour, $523 million from 114 shows. Goodness. Okay, the next one on the list, the Rolling Stones' No Filter Tour, $546 million. Just 58 shows. Dang. Wow. Shows their yes. cultural impact. On yeah. Yeah. Wow. Because, you know, who's next on the list? The Rolling Stones. Again. A bigger bang tour. <laughs> and that was $558 million. Now, that one was 144 shows. So interesting. It's, you know, just about 546 to 558, but doubled the shows. <laughs> next on the list is Guns N' Roses' Not In This Lifetime tour. $584 million with 158 shows. Wow. Uh, Mr. Harry Styles, Love on Tour. That's the name of the tour I saw, right? Yes, you okay. saw Love on Tour. <laughs> I, I knew I saw Harry Styles. You should know this. I, I love Harry Styles now, but I didn't know the name of the tour. $617 million, 169 shows. Mm. And he puts on a show. He, from... I mean, it, it was great. Another repeat. Yeah, Coldplay's on the list a second time with Music of the Spheres World Tour. $617 million, 107 shows. And apparently this one is ongoing. Oh, uh, this next one, U2, U2 360 tour, 737 million, 110 shows. Now, I'd be interested now that U2 is opening up at the Sphere. Mm-hmm. I've well, got a neighbor yeah. who's seen it twice. And so I know that that, I mean, I'm sure that's going to be 
incredible. I've looked at the prices on Ticketmaster and it's just extreme. Like it looks awesome from the TikToks, but the prices are, man. Yeah, I've high. heard it is an experience that my neighbor explained it as if when you put your AirPods in and mm-hmm. you do the noise canceling, that is what it sounds like. The sound is just so crisp mm-hmm. and it is a full immersion that it's almost like IMAX to the nth degree of really feeling everything. Shame Cam isn't here to talk about this. I band. know. Uh, next on the list is Ed Sheeran, mm-hmm. uh, the Division Tour or the Divided by Sign Tour. I don't know what that. <laughs> it's it's the it's literally the symbol for dividing something. You know, so. all of his albums are the mathematical no. symbols. No, I don't know. I that didn't realize that. I'm, no, I'm not a giant listener of well, Ed Sheeran. Now you so. know. But uh, his you know. his Division Tour, we're going to call it the Division Tour because. That's <laughs> Sorry, Ed Sheeran. Uh, $776 million off 225 shows. And number one on this list. Oh, no. You don't get number one. I don't get number one. Can I get the second one? You, because we still have one before we do yeah. number one. Elton. You, you, you skipped well, Elton. number Sir, one. Okay. Sir Elton John. Well, that is number one. Oh. Okay. This is your oh. side note. Yes. This is a side note. Okay. okay well, let me do that one. You, and you, you can do the side note. One. Yeah. So Sir Elton John, the Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour, $939 million, 330 shows. Yes, this, this tour has been going on for a very long time. I actually saw the Farewell Yellow Brick Road Tour three times. Wow. How um, was in it? In three different cities. It was great. And every time it was a little bit different. But Elton John, um, I think he wanted to say farewell for a very long time. Yeah. So give us that side note. Of course, I have to give you this side note because the Eras Tour is projected to become the highest grossing tour of all time, bringing in $1.4 billion in sales for 120 shows. And she just added like 10 more Canadian shows I mean, like who, last week. Eras Tour, who is this oh, person? Oh, this is the queen. She is the Miss Americana. Beyonce? Well, she is also a queen. <laughs> yeah, and both I, I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna throw Swift out there as a gonna be on the list, just not on the list yet, then I feel like Beyonce. we've gotta we've gotta well, throw out Beyonce, Beyonce too. On there. So. Well, they're both queens <laughs> okay. and deserve praise. Yes, I'm teasing you. She is talking about Miss Taylor Swift or Miss Travis Kelsey's girlfriend. Oh, yes. Okay. And she just became a billionaire. Oh, of course. Everybody that listens to us probably knows what Ticketmaster is. Ticketmaster's been around forever and ever. I remember the days when you had to literally camp out to buy your your Mm -hmm. concert tickets. And so everybody would go up to the Ticketmaster and spend the night on the curb camping out so that you could be there at 8 o'clock in the morning or 10 o'clock in the morning whenever they opened up so that you could buy your tickets and get good seats at the whatever the concert was. Those days are long gone. They don't do that anymore. But Ticketmaster's still around. They've managed to parlay those early days into basically a monopoly almost on ticket sales for live act shows of any sort, but certainly especially of music. Yeah. And that man, they've just got a vice-like grip on the entire industry. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, because I mean you've got a couple <clears throat> others like StubHub and SeatGeek. SeatGeek and Vivid Seats, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of times then you worry about resale and like are the tickets going to be valid? Because there has been horror stories of people buying tickets from different websites, not Ticketmaster, mm-hmm. and the tickets not being real. But so Ticketmaster is the online platform. So it is a online platform, which means it can crash. And there have been several of these concerts that have made them crash because they could not handle it. I think that happened with Taylor Swift. 
Yes, it did. And everybody crashed Ticketmaster. I sat through it. And yeah, so like, okay, so what you're doing now is instead of standing in line, you know, with your parkas and your coffee, waiting for them to open the doors for then you to walk in and split second decide, hey, what are your tickets? You want the best ones? Here you go. So in a financial aspect, in both of these situations, well, you, you have to know how much you want to spend. Because you are going there, you're standing in line, and whether it is back in the day when you were in line and you were talking to a person, or nowadays, it's like as soon as that pops up, you've got, what, like five minutes to make a decision? If that. Yeah. And so a lot of it is, it is very hard to budget because you know, hey, I want want these tickets to Aerosmith or I want these tickets to Taylor Swift. I want to go. I want the best seats possible. And so Nicole kind of prepped me through when you were in that crash situation. Like, do you have your ideas? I mean, oh, I guess you've got it on here. The controversy. Yeah. So in November 22, they had a pre-sale for the Eras tour, which is probably the biggest tour of all time up there with Renaissance. I'll give Queen Bee her flowers. <laughs> it, there's technical issues, long wait times, and many fans that were signed up and got the pre-sale code were not able to get tickets because by the time they got in there, all tickets were gone, which is disappointing when you've waited like 12 hours to get these tickets. 12 and, hours? I mean, I remember getting in line at like 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, and I didn't get tickets purchased until around 5.30 that evening. So not 12 hours for me, but I've heard horror stories. So from, in line, which, what you're talking about, for those that haven't experienced this you yet. You have to wait in a queue. You're in a queue. So you're on, you're on your phone, mm-hmm. um, on your computer, and then I've seen situations where somebody's like, you know, had to go to the bathroom and had somebody sit yes. there and watch their queue to make sure if it loaded. Yeah, especially if you're on your phone, like if something happens and it crashes, you can't leave that page because then you'll lose your spot. So I recommend doing it on a computer and saving your spot because there's like hundreds of thousands ahead of you, especially in the Aeros Tour pre-sale. I just have a visual of like Nicole having her laptop open with this queue and then she's like brushing her teeth and holding her laptop and eating her breakfast and then like driving to work Mm -hmm. and like eating her lunch and she's just carrying this laptop with her waiting for it to do something and then it's like, you know, oh, it can't go to sleep and stressful it's very stressful there's like a meme that has somebody at work and they put a sign on their chair that says please don't bother me i'm working and trying to get taylor swift tickets oh gosh so buying tickets now is a process you cannot Mm -hmm. willy-nilly it you've got to prepare and um so kind of what happened tell us about the Ticketmaster debacle and aftermath of that they had to cancel the pre-sale and like redo it for some people and this obviously with tiktok and social media caused a lot of outrage it actually got to the U.S. Senate. Holy moly. Which, and it's funny, like, you'll see the videos and they'll make Taylor Swift puns, like, while they're presenting their case. <laughs> and it's just kind of silly to think about it all. But they investigated Ticketmaster's market dominance and potential antitrust violations. And I know, like, several Swifties sued Ticketmaster, which is extreme. Wow. I don't know what the so outcome you were, of that you was. You were not one I of those Swifties. Sue, I didn't sue Ticketmaster because I got tickets. <laughs> Humble brag. Sorry, but... Um, would you have sued them if you I mean I would have considered it I would have hired court to be my lawyer and he would have taken me you would have taken me to court and we would have made national (laughs) news and become the Swifties dream the fans supposedly that that did actually file a lawsuit alleged anti-competitive behavior they basically said what I said at the beginning 
Ticketmaster has a monopoly or a mm-hmm. practical monopoly. Yeah. And they basically defrauded the public when they did this presale that had all of its issues. You know, this rolls into resale issues. That's mm-hmm. So reselling tickets has been an issue since the beginning of tickets, really. Known as scalping. Scalping. And yeah, because you've got people outside a, a Super Bowl or a World Series, and it's like, you don't know if these tickets are real or fake. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to, you know, supply and demand, which is the oldest principle of it all. Okay, uh, Super Bowl tickets are sold out. I happen to have two. I can sell them for a lot more than when there was thousands of tickets available. So people would buy them, buy them in bulk, and then resell them. I uh, got tickets to Foo Fighters not that long ago. And my cousin got in on the VIP club entrance, essentially. Like, he was able to buy when they first immediately came out. I did not have that code, so then I had to buy after the fact. I'm talking, like, he bought them at 8 a.m. I got them at 3 p.m. And my seats ended up, Court was at this concert with me. My seats were, what, like, five seats apart from his? Mm -hmm. And I paid, like, triple what he did? Mm. Yeah, we were on the same row. Like, we were just down a few seats from him, and... We're like, hey, ouchie. Yeah, and but that's common. And so the idea of what's happening with Ticketmaster and what's continuing to still happen, it's been around for a while. It's just now there's starting to be a lot more recognition. And because with computers, it's not, you know, you having ringers standing there in line. It's now that they've got bots and they've got softwares and they've got different companies that can go and like bulk buy these different tickets, which is why you've got limits on how many tickets you can buy. Um, I know with the Zach Bryan situation, like my husband was like, I, I just want tickets to his Birmingham show. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'll I'll just get him. And I was waiting in the queue, waiting in the queue. In my mind, I was like, okay, I think I want to spend about, you know, hundred bucks or so. I don't know. I'll see. Because at that point, I had no idea the concept of what his tickets would cost. And I knew that he wanted me to get as many tickets as possible because we were going to invite some friends to go. By the time I finally got into the queue, all that was left was like nosebleed or floor seats. So then I'm left to just choose, do I want to pay $250 to be up in the nosebleeds or do I want to pay, you know, $300 to then be on the floor and closer? But I was caught up in the moment. I'd been waiting all this time to get into the queue. And so I bought the tickets. Of course, then joke's on me because then the old Zachy B, after I checked out, I then get an email saying, Zach Bryan has added another Birmingham show. Oof. Hey, are you kidding me? And now Taylor Swift didn't do this, but now you have dynamic pricing. Have you heard of that? Mm-mm. Explain it's, explain it to me, Lucy. <laughs> it's, it's like supply and demand. The more tickets that sell, the higher the tickets will get Okay, like, that are not resell. Dynamic pricing. You could be paying like thousands of dollars for nosebleeds. So that's, um, that's like surge pricing. Yeah. yeah. So, but that like, is, with, like with Ubers, yeah. when it's like it's yeah. prime time, they're going to charge you more. Yeah. And a lot of artists will do that. I know Taylor didn't do that. So, you know. Gotta yeah, give her flowers. Honestly, that sounds like some BS. If I'm, it's horrible. You know, oh, we're, if, if our tickets are really popular, then we're going to go up on the price. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, then your tickets aren't very popular to me. And I feel like but, they use different wording because I like I was looking for tickets for something recently. And it was like, these are the premium seats mm-hmm. or these are the whatever. And it's like, what, what makes them that? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like a, okay, these are all the like... VIP popular. No, it'd be like there's a premium seat up in the nosebleed and then one down on the floor. And They want to confuse us. It's confusing. It's they a do. tale as old as time. It's supply and demand. <laughs> we have this limited supply of tickets. There is a very high demand for them, so that price is going to go up. Tell us about this new law, Nicole. So this new law is 
here to protect buyers. So us. Ooh, I like it. It's introduced as part of the American Rescue Plan Act, which requires sites like StubHub and Ticketmaster to hand over the data of all sellers who make more than $600 to the IRS. Um, they have to fill out a special form, which is a report of payments you got during the year and their earnings that will be subjected to tax income deductions. This just came out like a few months ago, too. Oh, wow. So, so it's really trying to protect that if court was to go and buy 10 Taylor Swift tickets and then immediately go and put them up for sale and yeah, so it's saying the profit. It used to have to make um, over 20000 Now it's 600 because we've seen these resellers just skyrocket everything. So Well, they've probably gotten smart and it's like, I'm going to resell these two and mm-hmm. then I'm going to do another transaction and resell these two. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. always a way around something. Well, there, there's always going to be crooks and there's always going to be yeah. people that try and bend the system and benefit on times like this mm-hmm. when there's a high demand and to a fault you know okay it's supply and demand people taking advantage of the opportunity granted I, i'm the worst and i'll buy extra tickets and then i'll just text one of y'all and be like hey you want to go no, don't worry about Heck yeah don't worry about the money i got you i already paid for that that was paid four months ago it's basically free it's basically girl free. math <laughs> Okay, so yeah, the threshold was previously, as you said, 20000 and have more than 200 transactions. So uh, like you've got an example here, the average price for a Beyonce ticket was three eighty, while Harry Styles was 400 Well, I mean, I, I want to see Harry Styles. Uh, Beyonce would be a good concert too, though. I'd pay to go see both. Yeah. Average ticket for the Airs tour is two fifty four. What tickets are those? I didn't see any of those. Those are up in the nosebleeds. But the average resale is $2,183. Holy. Okay. That's $2,183 is the average resale price for a a Taylor Swift era's tour ticket. That is... That is mind-blowing to me. But One person even said they saw a ticket going for $30,000. You know, the interesting thing about that is we're talking about resale. So mm-hmm. these numbers are presumably not even going into her official tour right. money some, numbers. Because other people guy. are making the money off yeah. these tickets. They're taking advantage of the Swifties. Yeah. Interesting. But there's people that are paying this. Yeah. That's the thing is there are people out there who are paying this. So obviously this is a big deal with what's going on with Ticketmaster and trying to, you know, kind of with our industry, it's regulation, trying to have somebody help monitor and make sure that we're trying to keep the honest people honest and the crooks, you know, from taking advantage of people because it is indirectly giving Taylor Swift a bad name, giving Ticketmaster a bad name because they've got these tickets and it's making it where people who don't know the inside knowledge of how to buy tickets, they, they can't afford to do it. They can't have that, and it's pricing them completely out. I would also say from a financial aspect, tickets are very hard to budget for. They are. Because of the way that they're done lately. You need to almost, it's kind of like when you walk into a casino. If you decide to go to a casino, you need to have in your mind, I'm only going to spend X. Mm-hmm. And so when you spend over your $100, then you're done. I feel like with tickets... You need to have in your mind, like, how serious are you about this? What are you willing to sacrifice? And what is your cap? Because you can very easily get in trouble. Like I explained with the Zach Bryan thing. And it's like, I did not want to spend that much on those tickets. But I was in the heat of the moment. I had not properly planned out how much did I want to spend on it. And so it's kind of one of those, you did it, you were in the heat of the moment. And now you're like, Whew, okay, I just spent that much and that was big one lump sum. How do I handle that now? Yeah, that and it's like, well, I've waited all this time. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not just going to leave empty handed. Yeah, so. you, you rationalize it and try and figure it out. I know Nicole was going to try and get tickets this last time that Taylor Swift 
was putting codes out there to get tickets. And I told her, I said, well, if you get one, then buy me and you a ticket. Let's go. I asked her, I was like, I don't know how much to tell you to spend. Gave her my information of like, hey, like, you know, go and get the tickets. But I got waitlisted. You got waitlisted. But it was still, it was hard in that moment. And I could imagine Nicole, if she had gotten it, she's going to go and okay, well, you know, this is Katie's money and I'm buying tickets for her. Like, mm -hmm. what do I spend it on? And not awkward at all. <laughs> Free reign. I'll buy Free 10 rain. tickets. <laughs> but I mean, Court, do you, you have any insight on that of like, it's very hard to figure out your budget. So I guess. I don't really have a whole lot of insight on that because I have had this conversation with, with others. Maybe I haven't had it on this, uh, on this particular podcast, but I have told other people about the issue that I'm having with concerts is that I find myself being less and less comfortable in the concert venue when I'm, when I'm there. I, I don't know. The whole thing is just way more stressful than it should be. So I have not been uh, seeking out and, and going to concerts as much as some other people. So my big thing is, first of all, I have not been confronted with a situation where there was somebody that I wanted to see that I waited and waited and waited and then finally got the opportunity to buy these tickets and they were hundreds and hundreds of dollars, you know. Somebody like Katie would say, hey, do you want to go see the show? And I'd be like, yeah, sure, let's go. Or, you know, my daughter bought me tickets to Green Day the last time they toured, and that was my, you know, that was her birthday present to me. So I don't know what she went through to get the tickets, but I didn't go through anything. Now you're going to have more appreciation when somebody gives you concert tickets, like we went through hell and back mm -hmm. to get them. Yeah. I will say I just saw Stevie Nicks a few weeks ago, and her ticket buying process was easy. I got right in, and I got tickets, and I got great tickets immediately. And yeah. I didn't spend a lot. Not everybody has this method, but it does seem like a lot of the super popular mm -hmm. newer artists today are doing it. Harry Styles, Taylor Swift, Zach Bryan. Probably, Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah. So it seems to be a lot more of the newer, younger. And then the other ones, like even with Foo Fighters, there were still available tickets that were not resell. But in the area I wanted to be in, that's kind of all that was left because somebody had gobbled all of them up. Mm-hmm. This is not a new issue. The musicians, musical stars, whatever, uh, the rock stars, whatever you want to call them, uh, have been fighting with Ticketmaster for decades now. Mm -hmm. Because I remember back when Pearl Jam was much bigger. I mean, you know, we're talking their their tour for maybe Versus or for one of their earlier albums. So back when I was in college, they were having issues with Ticketmaster. And they... Eddie Vedder tried to figure out a way to get tickets to the fans without having to go through Ticketmaster because Ticketmaster was the evil empire. You know, they were this yeah. evil overlord. So it's this has been going on forever. This isn't a new issue. No, it's not. I know because I, I was even concerned with the resale of the Foo Fighter tickets that Foo Fighter came out and said they don't want their fans to be paying so much extra. They're only going to honor original tickets. And I'm like, this doesn't have my name on it. This is a resale, but I ended up going through Vivid Seats. And so they had a whole disclaimer on like, we're honoring it. This is, you know, how it's going to be transferred. This will work. But again, that's the risk you take of, you know, getting the resale tickets and kind of like going back to scalper days. Like you don't know if they're going to be worth it or not. And by the time you've booked a hotel, you've traveled, you've done all of this. And I know like with some of the concerts, it's like, okay, well, the original ticket owner now got the perks of the swag that was sent to yeah. them. You're paying the ticket price that it included the swag, but you just get the ticket. Mm -hmm. So if concerts are something you love, and I, I'm thinking back to like our Landry episode where she really <laughs> wanted to go to Taylor Swift. If you are a concert lover, then your budget for concerts needs to be extremely padded. 
if that is the type of person you are that you want to make sure you're going to some of these new ones and that you got that built in there. But it also may need to be a floating budget that if you say, you know, you're going to spend a thousand dollars on concert tickets this year, but then you blow your entire budget in the first year on, you know, Taylor Swift tickets then that may be your one concert this year. So That's fine. It's one hell of a concert. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's just something to consider is that while, yes, to Court's point, a lot of this is not new. It's um, pretty much the same. I just think that it's growing with technology becoming so big with, you know, all these different new things that you've got to kind of learn the system and how to play the game and prepare. And so this is forcing you to kind of have some thought process before you go into, and of course, the, the time of sitting in a queue. Yeah, it can be 12 hours. It'll be a long time. <laughs> and it's like, who who's doing that? Who's sitting there? Of course, again, that doesn't change either because people would oftentimes pay somebody to go stand in line for them. And then maybe they'd switch yeah. out at 730 in the morning when it's about to start or you have somebody there just like, hey, just get me tickets for whatever and, you know, I'll pay you back. I remember when I was a kid and I would want to go camp out for tickets and I wasn't allowed to because, like, my parents didn't want me out there uh, around all the drugs. With the hoodlums. The, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it was like you would find somebody who was allowed to go camp out for the tickets and they would basically get tickets for everybody. You yeah. Know? But you would have a six ticket max limit on the number of tickets that one person could buy. And so and that hadn't changed. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's always been a thing. It's just it, you're waiting in a different place now. It may be a little safer. And there aren't all the hoodlums around. <laughs> no hoodlums. You're, you're waiting in the safety of your your home and then your car and then your mm-hmm. work. And I mean, I may have a wreck trying to get these tickets. <laughs> oh, but, you know. What did you financially have to go through in order to get these tickets? <laughs> what did it cost you? To end this kind of on a light note, do you guys have a favorite concert you've ever been to? Mm. I one night wrote down a list of all the concerts I've been to recently or no, just since like I can remember. And I'm trying to think. I mean, I've certainly been to more Billy Joel concerts than I have mm. anybody else. I've, yeah. I've seen Billy Joel multiple times, and then I saw him with Elton John, I think at least once, maybe twice, but I, I've definitely seen him the most. I recall really, really enjoying a concert that was put on by Bare Naked Ladies back, this was 20 years ago, because it was while we were living in Nashville, uh, and that was a really good show. It was at an outdoor amphitheater in, in Nashville, and, uh, you know, they put on a really good show. It was fun, and I remember having a, a good time there, but I hate crowds. I get turned off by lo- lots of loud noise, so uh, I, I'm kind of a, a difficult person to please when it comes to that kind I of thing. would have never guessed. <laughs> I, just, I assume yours is Taylor. Well, I need to have two different categories. Okay. Mm. My favorite Taylor Swift and then my favorite non-Taylor Swift. Mm. Um, I've seen Taylor Swift three times, all times incredible. I don't know. There's something about her reputation tour that just like lit a fire underneath me. Like I was ready to go run through a brick wall afterwards. It was incredible. Wow. Listen to Are You Ready For It? And that's the opening of the concert. And it's just like, well, I am ready for it. Mm. Um, other than that, I saw Halsey at Red Rocks in Colorado. Oh, just I've the heard whole that's awesome. Atmosphere and lots of smoke going around that mm. necessarily wasn't from me. But, you know, just the whole getting there and being in Red Rocks was really cool. Mm. I think that's a bucket list item that everyone should ex- least experience a concert in Red Rocks. I mean, I, I guess I got to say Harry Styles in the United uh, Kingdom. Like, Look, next time he goes on tour, <laughs> I need you to take me because I love yeah. him and I want to see him. But I'm, I'm sitting there looking at this laundry list of people I've 
scene. And I mean, a ton of them have been in the FedEx forum because mm-hmm. that's our arena here. But, you know, it's it's been different ones. Like I've seen Dave Matthews Band four times now at a beach in South Haven mm-hmm. in Atlanta. I mean, it just different places. Foo Fighters. That was Voodoo, a good show. Foo Fighters was, was great in Rogers, Arkansas. And then I saw him twice. I guess I'm going to say that Dave Grohl with his full leg cast in his throne rocking out was a pretty awesome concert but pink is an incredible artist she does a lot of aerial flying mm-hmm. throughout the stadium and she you know back in dance days and i mean you know you'll know this court from theater things about using all of your area and making sure you use your whole space pink uses everything uses the entire stage uses above and beyond everything so i think that you know that was a really great concert too. You know, a, you know, an interesting one that really, because I'm not a fan per se, so it kind of surprised me how much fun I had at the Kid Rock concert that I went to. Oh, I bet that'd be good. He put on a really good show. I mean, he, he just, he put on a really good show. It was interesting. Uh, I recognized a lot of his songs, but going in, if you had asked me like, oh, hey, you love Kid Rock, I would have been like, no. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Stevie Nicks was really good. Stevie Nicks was great. I mean, I've gotten to see, because the crew of Orpheus in New Orleans, I've gotten to see some celebrities pretty up close and personal. Joey Fatone was his last year at Brett Michaels, Harry Connick Jr. So those are always cool seeing them in more of a private setting. Last year, I, uh, my friend and I were in Salem and... <laughs> We're in a little vampire store, and a vampire told us that Johnny Depp and Jeff Beck were playing in Boston. Oh, wow. So it was a total last-minute concert. And then Jeff Beck ended up passing away like a month or two after that. But it was cool to see. I'm not necessarily wasn't beforehand a Jeff Beck fan, but it was a great concert. Johnny Depp was obviously, it was right after the Amber Heard trials. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So that was a really interesting one. But I, mean, I, I am just a huge fan music and concert person and if I can go to your show and come out a fan that means you put on a good show because there have been some and it's mostly been rap artists that they just were very self-involved and it was just like you love me and like instead of I'm here because of you you guys made this happen you made this popular and it's because it's true you got to stay humble that your fans can make you or break you ultimately and Last one I'll talk on, because um, obviously I can talk about concerts all day long. Uh, husband and I, uh, we were, I think we were just dating at that point. He got me tickets to see Elton John. And this was before he started the farewell tour. It was in the middle of nowhere, t- Tennessee. Well, not m- middle of nowhere. It was at, um, what is that, ETSU? East Tennessee mm-hmm. State University. Mm-hmm. It was in their gym, little bitty gym. Elton John sitting there on the stage, him and his piano, no lights. It was a dry arena because you were on a college campus basketball. Sounds incredible. It was just, you felt like you're sitting in Elton John's living room with, you know, 500 other people, but it was a small, small venue. And then right after that is when he started Farewell Tour. That's incredible. I think my first concert ever was Mud Island at Britney Spears. My dad took me to that one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Jealousy. Mine was the Cheetah Girls oh at the FedEx Forum. Gosh, I did not know that. I lived I was living my best life. Mm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so concerts are awesome. Clearly, I am somebody who budgets a good bit for festivals and concerts that pop up. And again, to wrap back up financially, you know, we don't have the inside knowledge of when these people are going to start touring. And especially if you're a fan of some of the older artists or even not even older, like we don't know how long they're going to live. And so like I have tickets to Aerosmith 
uh, actually in two cities, uh, one with a girlfriend of mine and then one to take my dad. And Steven Tyler's injured right now. I don't know if he's going to be able to make the concerts, but it's kind of when I bought the tickets, I knew they were older and they probably wouldn't be touring much longer. So if concerts and that kind of entertainment is a value in your life, then, you know, build it into your budget. But maybe that means you spend your money on experiences and not so much on material things. Exactly. And long story short, we survived. I had to throw in a Taylor Swift lyric. <laughs> that one went way over my I head. I know. You're, you both look like I just said the craziest thing in the world. I started thinking of, I will survive. Long story short. <laughs> okay. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, there's the closing bell. You've made it to the end of yet another episode of the Bullcast Podcast. If you liked what you heard and you'd like to hear more, please feel free to go to your favorite subscription service and sign up to have our podcast beam directly to your device every single Thursday at noon. If you'd like to find out more about Katie, Court, Cameron, or Nicole, then go to our website. That is bullcastpodcast.com. You can make a comment, suggest a topic if you'd like to hear us talk about something, suggest a guest. I don't know. Do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, if you like pictures, we have an Instagram handle. That's at bullcastpodcast. And we also have an X handle. That is at bullcastpodcast as well. We have a Facebook page, which is Bullcast the Podcast. And then finally, ladies and gentlemen, Cameron, Katie, Court, and Nicole all work at a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about what we do, what we can potentially do for you, find out about our amazing team and find out about our boss, David Pickler. Please feel free to go to that website. That website is picklerwealthadvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, I've given you everything that you need to go forth and be successful. So for now, I'm Court. I'm Katie. And I'm Nicole. And we're done. Bye.